the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the 19th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of October 20th, 2019. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast, and I'm excited to really dig into some texts that I think this week are both difficult, but also really good discussions. Not difficult in the way that we can't wrap our head around what we're talking about or we're having a difficulty doing that. I think it's the difficulty this week is how do we want to approach it? And there are so many different ways we can approach the text for this week that it actually gets us really into some deep discussions and going into a lot of different directions. I know for me, as I was preparing for this this week, I went to a text study and had an amazing text study this last week, digging into these texts and looking at and trying to contemplate all the different angles, the things we have to maneuver and dance with, with this week's upcoming text. But I think that's what makes this difficult. That's what makes this fun. That's what makes it the intriguing way of how do we want to tackle these podcasts. And I think this week in particular, there's a lot of the human emotion in this, but I think there's also a point where we can take a step back and maybe can't confirm that nature is wrestling, as we'll find out here this week in quotes, with different things. But I think there's ways that we can see that around us and be able to work with and wrestle with it back and say, yeah, this is something that's part of our human experience, part of our world experience, part of this experience that we know of here today. But before we get into this week's podcast, I want to bring up last week's Twitter question, which was, Where are you seeing healing and where are you seeing change that could lead to healing? And I think that's a very difficult question. I think there's a lot of places and a lot of things in the world in which we're in. Things are moving so quickly. At times, we don't understand if something's healing or something is just changing for change's sake. But I think there is places where we can still see it around us. I know for one, for me, as I'm in the Northern Hemisphere and as we are going through fall and transitioning into winter, it's a healing time. And we have to think about it from a nature's perspective. It's a time, as we've discussed before, that things get put on pause for a little bit as the tree then can focus on itself for a little while. As it's figuring out and storing up its sugars and waiting for that year, it also gives it time to do some healing. It's a great time, I know, in the winter to do tree trimming. If there's things that you're wanting to do so you're not doing direct damage to the tree, instead you're helping modify it the way that you're seeing as a gardener to modify a tree with limiting the amount of damage. As the tree is kind of doing some self-reflection as we go through these cycles of greenery to whiteness, if you want to put it that way, for the upper northern hemisphere. But I think there's a lot of times, as we've discussed before, where there's a time and a season for something to happen, and then it takes some time to step back, to reflect. And I think it's one of these reminders, again, as we're looking at these texts, to think about there is a time and a season for us to move and to go, and there is a time and a season for us to take a step back. And I think that's part of that healing process we forget about often. 
This week I want to dive into the text and I'll do some of my shameless plugs a little bit later, so let's dive right into it. The gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 18 verses 1 through 8. This is really a fun, interesting parable because it gives us a perspective of God in a much different and unique way. So Jesus tells this parable about the need to pray always and not to lose heart. Need can also be translated to how necessary it is to pray and not lose heart. And that there's this judge who doesn't fear God nor respects people. In the city, there is a widow who keeps saying, grant me justice against my opponent. And this judge keeps getting worn down time and time and time again. And to have the woman quit bothering him, he finally decides to grant her this wish. And will not God grant me justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Really hard, interesting text coming there from verses 7 and 8 at the end of this gospel this week. The first reading, and this is the one I would recommend putting with it, is Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. This is a fun, interesting story of Jacob, where he has his wives, his maids, his 11 children, all cross the ford into Jebekuk, and they have everything he has on that side, and he's having some time alone, and this man wrestles him till daybreak. And yet, even though he is, Jacob gets struck in the hip and his hip is out of socket, he will not let go of this man that he is wrestling with until he gets a blessing. And even as this man then blesses him and changes his name to Israel, which at this point we could also suggest that this isn't purely just about Jacob the man being converted to Israel, but the people of God being transitioned into the people of Israel. But the man never says his name, so he names the place Peneral, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved, is the meaning of the place. But I think verse 31 is a very important verse in this whole thing. And it reads, the sun rose upon him as he passed through Peneral, limping because of his hip. The sun rose it's not the end, it's the beginning of something as he is then continued on after wrestling with God at this time and at this place and even is changed. Maybe we see this as a disadvantage based on that he's limping, but we see some type of change has happened from the wrestling with God. A lot there, a lot to dig into, a lot to contemplate. The alternative first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 27 through 34. And the reason that I would say if you're debating between these two first readings to go with the Genesis reading is we will have this reading next week with the Reformation. So it's something to contemplate. It might be a little bit longer next week, but this gives you a sense at least. And again, this is continuing on at times when we don't want to hear news and we get news that we have, that God is telling Jeremiah here that 
there's going to be continuation growth of the people and seed of humans and seed of animals that they will coming out of verse 28 here just as i have watched over them to pluck them to break down to overthrow to destroy and bring evil so i'll watch over them build to plant says the lord God is telling them what is going to happen, that this is the place where he wants them. But as you go through this text, it's not sounding very pleasant. There's sour grapes to eat. There's a new covenant that's going to come in. Change is happening. And sometimes we have to trust. But what is God trying to do? He's breaking them down to understand, to be able to trust him purely and depend on him. And that through this, they will know that God is there. They will know that the pain and stuff that they will go through is just the beginning of them moving forward in where Christ is going to have them. Like we've talked about here before, there is nowhere in scripture that says that this life in Christ is going to be easy. If anything, it's the opposite. And again, this is kind of a text that kind of shows that there may be pain, but trust God that things will get better. The psalm this week is Psalm 121, and I feel like this isn't just a praise psalm like we typically get. This is understanding the power of God in your life and what does it do. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who makes heaven and earth. We have all heard that hundreds of times. But it continues on. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. This is showing God as the one who is constantly there, the provider, the lover, the one who cares for this child so vastly, so much, even in the treachery at times, in the tumult of life, that he's still there and he's waiting to be called upon. The second reading this week is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through chapter 4, verse 5. This is the beginning of the summation of what Paul has been getting to. And that knowing that through Christ we are new, we are different, and that he is true and going to provide for us, and that he is with us, and to not forget that. It's so easy for us at times to overlook and to think at times that God isn't there when we're going through the midst of it. But remember that he is. Coming from the end of verse 1 of chapter 4, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. These are hard things for us to grapple with to understand. Patience and rebuking doesn't congeal well, especially in the world in which we're in where it's so fast and easy to make a complaint. But yet we are told to be this encouraging force and to spread the gospel through 
our words through our actions, but yet be patient to understand that God is still in control. So this week, before I jump into how am I wrapping all this together with faith and science, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, adding Joy J. Moore to Caroline Lewis, Matt Skinner, and Ralph Jacobson makes for a very diverse podcast with lots of different viewpoints. And since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help bring you this message and make sure that I'm on point with bringing you this podcast week to week. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. One other thing before I really dig into it, I received a really cool section of a Bible study that has a video, and I'll attach it down below, from a friend of mine, Pastor Wayne Hebner. And it's a great video. It feels like it tries to summarize what I've been talking about for the last nearly two years in 10 minutes. It's beautiful talking about the difference of worldviews and how science isn't necessarily a worldview and how it can still fit within creation beautifully. And one of the lines that's brought up in that that I think is very true and very beautiful is that a lot of science is that we're following after God trying to figure out how he did things. And that's exactly how I would describe it. We are trying to understand and wrestle with how has God done things and contemplate and then what does this mean for us and why would he do it this way? And so I would highly recommend checking that out. It's worth the 10 minutes just going through. This week, there's a lot here that can easily lead you to prayer. And I will tell you, science and prayer don't exactly line up beautifully, but especially out of the Genesis reading, when we start talking about wrestling and persistence, that is where I feel science can easily enter the fold to discuss and look at these texts. One of the shows that I have really enjoyed talking about and seeing, and again, I should have brought this up a few moments before, God friended me on CBS, I still will say and really mean, I think it is the best show on television. And I think for this week especially, it shows and summarizes these texts beautifully. The show's premise is about this guy who is going through wrestling with God. His dad is a preacher. His sister is LGBTQ. His mom is dead. He doesn't know where he stands in his faith, and God friends him on Facebook and keeps telling him about these different people to go and help. And it's amazing as the show goes on and he's trying to figure out who is behind the God account on Facebook, he continues this journey of trying to figure out how do I bring a message to affect this person's life who's wrestling with something. Sometimes it's very out front and easy to figure out, and sometimes it's a little bit more hidden that's difficult to work through. And as they go through this, it not only changes the person's life that they interject into, but we see Miles, the main character, his life changing and how he continues to lean into whatever this God account is doing and I don't know who is behind it. I need to continue doing whatever 
it is. That's what I see in these texts. And when I look at my life, I look at my 20s to this point, I see a lot of that myself. Times where I tried digging into science and when God was trying to say, I'm using this as a tool, you need to shift, at least for now, to something else. And that sometimes is really difficult. And I think that's where we can see this in the world in which we're in today and understand this is something common. Because if you think about when we've talked about climate change is a great example, the problem with the rate at which we're seeing the climate change is there's things that just can't adapt quickly enough. Just like our change within our lives, we have a difficult thing with changing. We like keeping things similar. There's a point where within all of us, There's something we want to keep the same, otherwise we feel like we lose ourself. Sometimes it's a job and we see ourselves as an identity of this is who we are in a job. Sometimes it's something deeper than that. Sometimes it's a location that I'm a Midwesterner. Sometimes it's something that you really enjoy. You're a photographer. You're an adventurous. And something happens that that changes. And I think we can see that around us. So I'm going to throw just a couple different examples to give you some ideas on where I'm coming from and how I'm seeing change happen. And sometimes we have to understand that this is something wrestling with God. Trees. Trees are a great example of this. Every year they have to wrestle with God on when do they start budding out to make sure and there's a trust that there isn't just another winter storm coming. And sometimes they bud and then there is another storm. So they have to pause their growth. That urgency, that angst that we have when we're ready to go and then we're stopped. They continue with the growth and get these big, gorgeous leaves. And yet as the sun continues to fade away, as the season has flipped and we're getting less and less sunlight, the tree probably begrudgingly realizes that the growing season is over and its true colors, since the chlorophyll slowly leaves the leaves, are revealed. It shuts down. It realizes that that time and that season is over. It's probably wrestling with God in the aspect that as the climate changes, can it continue to be there? Because as the temperature changed, the climate changed, it might make it more difficult for it to be there. The wrestle with God in, is it time for me to call this a life? Birds and migration. We've talked about this plenty of times before, and it's one of the amazing things about migration. Beginning even in the fall prior Are you going to be a young, hardy bird and decide I'm going to take the risk and stay so that I can get the best land for breeding next year? But that's a risk. If you get a hard winter or just the extra energy it takes in finding food sources, are you really going to be able to capitalize on that risk? But let's just even say as they come back, the testosterone is through the roof, especially on male birds, as they set up territories. It's all about me. And get off my turf if you're not me. And welcome in the female so I can spread myself into further generations. But at some point, as the sun again begins to set, 
they realize that their new horizon, their new sunrise, is not on their own. It's coming together to flock together. We see this in Canadian geese, all the way down to our little songbirds. They come together to fly together, to work through this. See, that's one of the things that I think is also really important with these texts, is this is not just an individual thing. Yes, we see Jacob wrestling with God, and we assume that that's an individualistic thing. But then they throw in Israel, and we look at what has been going on with Israel and what it will continue to do. It's not just one person anymore. It's a community. We look at whatever happened during the summer with migratory birds, with these birds. They put that aside to work together. I don't think there's a better way of really seeing that, but the two big text cases that I see up by me, Canadian geese having to share in breaking wind in the Vs as they work together to do their training flights and their eventual fly south, or even in sandhill cranes coming together at night to make sure that they're safe that they're going and probably communicating on where they ate to stock up food so that they can make their journey south. They're working together. They're working through the change that whether they're not they're ready for, they have to do. Sometimes when change is on the horizon, it's really difficult. And like I stated last week, I'm going through a death so that this is a really hard text for me to be going through and to dealing with because I am going through change. But I have to understand and realize that there's a community around me who's going to make sure that I'm okay as long as I am willing and able to let them in. As long as I am willing and able to let them in, I will be a healthier bird migrating south. I will be able to slowly understand and see how God is still working through this and trusting that God is still in those steps, knowing that God is embedded in who I am, trusting that he will continue to lead me in the places and where I need to be. We sometimes forget that. We sometimes forget when change is coming and we just yell at God and don't necessarily get to why we're scared. We don't necessarily get to that point of where we're confused. But I would also imagine thinking about how often now we're hearing more and more with different animals that aren't used to coming up to people coming up more and more. We're encroaching more and more on polar bear habitat and we're getting more and more interactions between those two. Or you often in the winter see these interactions where birds have a frozen bill and eventually walk up to a human because they think for whatever reason we can help. And that's where those amazing touching videos rescuing animals from lakes or these different powerful videos of that way. And often we're drawn to the power of look at the ability of what we were able to do and the trust that this animal had. But we don't go in the head of, that's a very high risk of what that animal did. Realizing that we easily could kill, we could easily be like the unjust judge and just ignore. But in this case, we realize and work through that no, maybe there is something here. 
Maybe there is a way that we can trust and realize that God is going to still work through these people. And in this case, these animals trusting that we will help them. We will do the best that we can. We will live up to our role as a gardener. These texts are challenging because it's telling us that there are times where God is going to come into our lives in ways that we may or may not like and change things to ways that we may or may not like. But yet, we have to realize that the sun is still rising. It's not setting. It's rising to new opportunities for us and that we are changed because of them. And through this, it deepens our own commitment to knowing that God will still prevail through whatever is going on in our lives. And this is why Jesus then is referring and telling us that not the need, how necessary it is for us to pray without ceasing and not to lose heart. Our Father, the Creator, wants to be able to interact with you, with me, and with all of us. But yet, He has also put His Word in the mouths of many. So that those times when we have a hard time talking to God, that there's others that will still have the voice of God echoing through them. When we are afraid to go to God directly. We need community. We need each other. And we need to know how much the love and how much God cares for each of us. As long as we are willing and able to trust in the change of what is going on. So my Twitter question this week will be short and simple. Where do you need to put your trust in God in the change? Where are you wrestling that you need to trust God? Remember that God listens. Remember that God can seem to change his mind. And there's times where God is just wanting to see and know that we are depending on him more and more. His creation around us has to depend more and more on what is going on because there's times where there are literally things out of their control. The changing environment is literally out of their control. And yet, it has to trust and realize that God has plans for what is going on. Can we not do the same thing? Can we not wise up and see the places where we can make change to try to reverse what's going on, but yet trust that God is still going to work through this? From my experience, God has always done that for me, and I do not feel that God's suddenly going to change that now. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.